0: I think that's a great question. Now we gotta get into the
1: nitty the gritty on? Well guys, no, let's go. Mainly because we don't really have anywhere to go at this point. Um you know, obviously, all good things must come to an end. Um, I, I I was all set to talk about this game, like, level-headed and, like, you know, try to be fair about all of it. And then I listened to Liz's full 90 this morning, and just all the emotions came back. And I was <laughs> like, ah, crap. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go listen to the full 90. Um, Liz, and I think it was Adam, wrapped it up pretty well. Um, all the emotions of the moment at the end of the game. It's a tough thing because, you know, we followed this team all season, and uh, you don't want to sort of downplay what they've accomplished. Um, obviously, taking first in the East is something the team has never done. You know, have the, the most fans at Highmark Stadium that's ever been there for a game is a huge accomplishment. You know, to take basically Louisville, the the current champs, to double overtime, or I shouldn't say double but overtime, the second half of overtime, um and lose it there two to one is nothing to be entirely ashamed of it just feels like the expectations for this team were a lot higher i was gonna say why don't you say it like you mean it Mike? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i kind of I, I wanted to i don't know i kind of wanted to come in and say that but <laughs> with a little more gusto so i'm gonna say it with a little more gusto do it i think before, before we get into anything yeah i mean like we can't take away anything from this club this was undoubtedly a sick, very, very successful year for the club, for the team, for the fans, for soccer in Pittsburgh. Um, I mean what they did all season, not losing a game at home all season, going you know, going undefeated at High Mark, finishing first in the East, something that we thought was probably impossible, like ten games in. Um, you know, to to pull in the crowd that they did, to see that, you know, to see the stadium like that was incredible. Um, you know, this was undoubtedly another step forward in the progression of this club. This wasn't like this season wasn't, you know. It could feel that way right now, and it might feel that way in the off. You know, actually, no. It should get better for us as fans as the off season continues to go on. But um, this this was a really good year for the Hounds. Make no mistake about it. Yes, it sucks. Yes, it's painful in the moment. And God, I mean, anyone but uh, but Louisville. But we'll talk about that later. Um, But it was yeah. This this was bad loss, but great year for for
1: the club josh do you want to add your two cents before we actually get into the game here
2: Uh, it's a lot what you guys said i mean being at that stadium on saturday and like just seeing how packed it was and how rowdy it was it was it was awesome like that's something i've always wanted to see and seeing it for a you know a game that meant something and it it, not raining which was awesome that was a big (laughs) bonus can't stress that enough um, but no, it, it was a fantastic year. Like you guys said, I, I wish, I wish we had something to show for it. Like you would think first in the East meant something, but there's no trophy, there's no shield, there's nothing. Ugh, that's, that's, that needs to change. Like if we're not going to play the West at all during the regular season, we need separate hardware. It makes no sense whatsoever. Cause what they did this year was great and it does deserve to be, you know, recognized. Um, but then, outside of that, just like outside of the game itself, just the the atmosphere, the fans, the support from the city itself. I, we've said it before, but like winning means a lot in Pittsburgh, um, for better or for worse. However you feel about that, but at, at least to to get the initial fan base behind you, they were never going to do it by not winning. And so, winning as much as they did and getting as far as they got. I mean, that's why we had two record-setting. Weekends at Highmark Stadium for Hounds games. Uh, we set the record in attendance the week before, and then we set it again uh, last week. So I mean, it, it's it's awesome. It's awesome to see what they did. Uh, yeah, just the term "gutted" gets used a lot in soccer as far as when you know losing, and it really did feel like just a gut punch. It's just ugh.
0: Also, shout out to like the five listeners we probably have because no one wants to listen to a podcast after a loss like this, <laughs> and so. <laughs> you know anyone who's tuning in i mean props to you uh because i feel like 90 percent of people who usually listen to this they don't want to come here you know to to just listen for 60 minutes about how we lost to louisville but uh (laughs) yeah
1: yeah so let's let's talk about the game um you know we are going to do sort of a full season recap we're going to try to get the whole crew in here um and and do sort of a big full-blown show next week um, once we've had some time to sort of let things simmer, think through some things, you know, we'll talk about, you know, who we thought the best players were and, you know, uh, our hopes for the off season, all of that, all of that's coming. So if you have any ideas or any thoughts on any of that, feel free to let us know. We'll try to incorporate into the show in some way, but at least for this week, we need to reflect back on this game, um, in and of itself. So obviously the Hounds lost two to one to Louisville. Um, I was like, before we
0: get into the specifics of the game, can we talk a little bit, a little bit about everything leading up to the game? Sure. Would you like to take the lead on
1: that, Kevin? Sure. <laughs> yes. I, don't, so I didn't I know wanna, where you were going with this,
0: so I was just like, "Okay." Yes. So I, I want to preface what I'm about to say with kind of even seconding everything I've already said on this podcast. It's been a great season for the club. Blah blah. blah. You know, it's been a great season for the for the manager for for Bob Lilly, and you know he's proved a lot of people wrong, finishing first in the East, putting together the team that he did, and all that kind of stuff. I want to preface it with I, he's done a great job this season, but I think leading leading up to this game, flags started to go when I saw the quotes going around of before the game him saying like, you know, those who think. You know, Louisville is the uh, is like not not the overdog. What's the opposite of the underdog? Not the overdog, but like the those who think Louis, the the, favorite, yeah those yeah. who think Louisville are the favorite. You know, they're they're wrong and blah 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 and like they'd have who's saying that? Who was saying Louisville was the favorite? In the power rankings, we were first in the USL. None of us were thinking like no none of the US like none of the Hounds fans were thinking that we were first in the East. Louisville were fourth. We were home. They weren't. And as soon as he starts saying stuff like that, I'm thinking, like, no one's thinking this but you. Why? Like, I, why?
2: I... It, I will come to his defense a little bit because you got to remember, again, this is the Pittsburgh media paying attention to the Hounds for their first time all season, and they're, you know, getting some reporter in there to ask him questions, and they're looking at the history of the USL, which they've probably never watched, and just like, yeah. oh, let's see here, oh, Louisville's won the title two times in a row. Hey, they're the favorite. So, like that, I'm sure he was getting some asinine questions like that about, right. like, you know, just the high overview
0: of this whole situation and thinking that's what was true so two yeah two points on that one if that's how the question was legitimately posed to him then i'll ease off of that a bit but i think the reason why i don't like I, evidence to me suggests that he actually thought that by also how he goes out with the lineup um which i'm sure the li- i mean the lineup is a big talking point i'm sure we'll get you know both of you have your opinions on it but to me, the lineup that he puts out kind of seconds the the idea that in in Lily's mind, Louisville is this kind of like not bogey team, but, but something that we need to change for. Where instead of having the perspective, no, we're first in the East, we just, you know, beat Birmingham 7-0, we're we're the hot team, we're at home, you need to come and beat us. We're gonna we're gonna play the way we play, and you have to cope with it. And it felt like between the comments and the lineup, he was a bit reactive, a bit defensive, a bit too worried, too concerned about what Louisville was going to do. Um, instead of kind of, yeah, going in and no, we're the favorite. You have you have to change your game for us. And it didn't feel like he did that. And so I don't. I'm. Do you guys think that's too harsh? Do you think? Do you agree with that? But, but it, those were the two big things leading up to this game. Was was that
1: comment in the interview and then the lineup he puts out? I was like, I don't. I don't feel great about this. I mean, you're talking specifically about the lineup change of two Saints uh, on the bench and Kerr in his place, correct? Yeah. Two Saints? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there there was somebody on Twitter. there. Uh, There's a Louisville fan that tweets in Spanish, and when Dos Santos got subbed in, they were like, oh, crap. How are we going to stand up to this guy? They have two Saints coming on right now. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I realize you probably missed that. Um But, but yes, yes. that that is especially, I mean, I haven't. Okay, good. Keep talking. No, 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 no. I Look, there was a lot of conversation last week about what do you change leading into this game? And we said that, Kev, you made the argument of like, we just played our absolute best game we've ever played in our lives. How can you justify taking any of these guys off the field and putting them on the bench? And Josh, I think you and I were both like, that would be the most Lily thing to do. We'd just be like, well, you know, for this team, we're going to switch things up. So I don't think I was entirely surprised when I saw the lineup come out. I think I was surprised that it was Dos Santos that was on the bench because it feels like the Dos Santos and Brett pairing is something that we've seen pay dividends time and time again. Um, And so it was the USL show guys sort of uh, tweeted at us um, or just anybody in general just like you know this seems like a slight divergence from what you guys have been doing what are your thoughts on this on the lineup and uh and that was sort of my point was um in a game of this level you know why change what sort of got you there unless you really see something and to be fair i mean we scored 11 minutes in and for the first half like the press was working but then it sort of you know fell apart we got tired legs so i did hear i don't i haven't got
2: confirmation i heard that it's possible that uh duba might have had a small knock and maybe wasn't match fit for a full 90 Mm. and especially for uh, 120 minutes so I'm, i'm wondering if this wasn't a lily tactical move and more of a oh crap duba can't have a starting lineups position. Right. Now I don't know if that's confirmed or not. Um, actually I don't even remember where I heard it from. It was during tailgate so excuse my haziness but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I heard. So' it's, it's possible that this wasn't a you know
1: situation where Lily was just trying to mess with uh, Louisville's uh, lineup or anything like that. It, well, there was talk too that in the Birmingham game that it seemed like Duba picked up a knock and wanted to come off and Lily kept him on. Mm-hmm. And so, there was some discussion during the game. Paul Child and uh, Matt Kaika were mentioning that, that scenario. So, that very well could have been the case that Duba just wasn't ready to go. And it wasn't until when he came on the second half that it was like, okay, we, we need you in there. Get in there and make some stuff happen. Yeah. So.
0: I mean, yes. If that's the case, I, I back off a little bit with my statement. <laughs> but still. <laughs>
1: We're just making you
0: walk everything back. Look, I, I, th- I think. Look, if, if I'm if I'm trying to step back and trying to take an objective look at the stance I'm coming from, yeah, I think part of me is just a little annoyed. Uh, I mean, about us losing, obviously, and about the way we the in the way it happened, and and. It it just felt like especially we we take off of off a forward for a midfielder when we're at home big playoff game big crowd you want to get up on him we just scored seven nil you know we put seven past Birmingham the previous week I mean this this is a a more obscure call because he doesn't have a lot of game time but. You you could keep the same system that you had last week and just have Velesky in there and have Valeski and Brett lead the line. Velesky doesn't have a ton of, you know, recent minutes in his leg, so you can you can easily say, Kevin, that's ridiculous, and you need to play someone's form and Kerr has played a lot going into the playoffs. Um but it just it felt, you know,
1: unfortunate, that's all. Um So And yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, so you're sort of implying that you thought and you didn't vocalize this, so maybe I won't give you a hundred percent credit for it. But you felt even coming into this game that we were setting ourselves up for potential failure.
0: To to I I am gonna say a word that I don't truly mean, but no other words coming to my head right now. But it felt like we were scared going into this. Like we we oh no, we need another body in the midfield. We need to play Kerr. We need to play you know. I don't think it was that. I don't think it was to that extent. I think it wasn't like we you know played up five four1 and just Nico up by himself and, you know we still wanted to play and and all that kind of stuff but it that was just from yeah everything leading up to this game it was like ah this we don't this isn't the same confident seven 0 team that I saw last week this is this is a different proposition leading into this game
1: yeah but let me let's let's like step into the game a little bit I know we're talking about everything before the game let's step into the game yeah. we score 11 minutes in at that point I mean it's are a are corner you, you, set piece. It's, it's not like we're cutting them open and you know. I uh, yeah, I'm with you. And then, you know, I forget how many minutes later, but you know, Brett has sort of the open net, tries to pass it in, just wasn't enough yeah. to it. Oh, I mean, at that yeah. point, is anybody that was the really second half, right? Uh, I don't know. I thought that was earlier. I don't really remember. Half, um everything's a blur at this point. But regardless, yeah. at that point, is anybody really thinking like We're in trouble, like especially that first half, you know, I I was watching it and uh, I was watching it at home, which we just mentioned off air. They moved sort of Halloween out here, so I had to do some stuff for scouts. And so I was like, it's cool. I had full confidence the Hounds were going to win this game and I was planning on coming in for the next two and it was like no big deal. So anyway, um where was I going? Oh, anyway, so I'm at home and I'm tweeting as I'm watching the game and uh, sort of following along. There's a number of people, a number of neutrals all over the country that are sort of watching this game because they're they're saying this is the game to watch this week. And uh, and our buddy Phil Grooms, it really was, um, who uh, who obviously is on the USL show. He follows St. Louis. He was tweeting about, like, thank goodness St. Louis, like, wasn't in this game because he felt both Pittsburgh and Louisville would have just completely run him over. He thought that this was, like, the highest level USL game he's seen ever. Um, and especially at the level the Hounds were pressing in the first half, he knew that St. Louis would have just been run straight off the field. Like, that that was his words. Um the team was flying. I mean, the the press was on. Louisville couldn't really pass out of the back as much as they wanted to. Now, this wasn't like we had umpteen chances to score. But at the same time, you didn't really feel like Louisville was getting any clear-cut shots. Like, the defense was doing their job and keeping them away from net. So, for the first 50, 60 minutes, there was very little fear that anything was really going to swing the other way. Um, I mean, Josh, what was the what was the feeling like in the stands? Was there ever any ever any doubt in that first half that we were going to do anything but walk away with three points? I mean,
2: so. There's, there was a lot of nerve just because of the fact that we know it's Louisville, they're, they're a good team, and the fact that we were only up by a goal, it felt like, okay, we need to get that second goal. Mm-hmm. We need the insurance goal. You know what I mean? Like, we needed to have a little bit of breathing room with a second goal. And when it didn't come in the first half, it wasn't a huge deal because, you know, still a whole other half we're still up by a goal. Um, but they scored that second goal – or they scored their goal, Louisville, their first goal in the 51st minute. And it from that moment on, I – I didn't feel that confidence at all. So really, it was just that first half that I felt like, okay, we got this, but we we need to put another one away. And uh, to Kevin's point, like having it coming off a set piece, and it it was, I mean, it was a great goal. Uh, It was, you know, a a small flick from Tommy V into the net, and it looked really cool, and it it was great in front of the Steel Army. Had a blast. But yeah, I don't ever remember feeling calm about this game, especially that second half. And, yeah, I, I we're going to get into it probably. But, yeah, I, I just have a lot of thoughts on subs. That's all.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, let's get into it. So there were a number of things that happened here. Um, and by no means do I feel that the Hounds are sort of absolved of any responsibility for the loss. I think that there were a lot of factors that played into it. And I, clearly, you know, towards the end of the game, the guys were – exhausted. You could tell it. I mean, if you if you watch the first half of that game and then you watch the second half of overtime, it's two completely different games. Um we were swarming, we were we were chasing down every ball, we were putting pressure on Louisville that first half. And obviously, I mean, you play 120 minutes, you get towards the end of the game, you're going to be tired. But there was a lot of standing around, there were passes to nobody, mental errors towards the end of the game. And again, you can't entirely fault the guys for it. I mean, it's it's been a long season. It's a long play. There's a lot of emotion. At that point, we start talking about subs. But there were a couple of different things, I think, that really stand out from a fan perspective, at least from seeing the conversations that were going on online as the game unfolded. I think one was the situation with the substitutions, Josh, that you, that you sort of alluded to, where we got to the end of the game, and Louisville had exhausted all of their subs. Um, I forget by what minute... Uh, they had basically put all of their subs in uh, looking, it looks like by the 89th or 97th minute. Um, they had got all their subs in. So, seven minutes into overtime, they had used all of their subs. Um, we had three subs going into, like, the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, basically, we were sitting on a handful of subs and looking completely exhausted. And so one of just the, the pervasive questions that kept coming up on Twitter was, why are we not using our subs? Why are we sitting on these guys? And I think that a lot of the discussion was, well, you know, this is at this point, this was sort of our starting 11. Dos Santos had gotten in for Kerr. You know, who are you going to take out and try to put in to, to provide a spark for this team at that point in the game? And, you know, I, I sort of made the argument that I think if you're looking for a spark, if you're looking for some fresh legs, Noah Frankie was sort of the first one that I could see come off the bench to provide some life. Um, we also had Velarde that I thought could come in and provide a lift. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Kev. It's tough. Yeah. Good. We, no, we, I was going to
0: structure the question. I was <laughs> going to ask
1: you, I mean, as as you're watching the game and you're yeah. sort of assessing, okay, the Hounds are sitting on three subs. You could sort of assume, like, okay, maybe Lily's sort of holding out for penalty kicks, and he's gonna try to sub in four forward, or three forwards at the very end of the game. But like at that point, why are you waiting till the end of the game to make that happen? Unless you're trying to just sit on the
0: yeah goal. Like, I mean, I, yeah.
1: I don't think you. I don't think he was gonna
0: do that. Look, I think it was tough. I, I think after all season, um, saying that we finally have a pretty strong bench. I mean. I don't know, me personally, I was looking at this bench and I, I was like, eh, do we? Like, I, like in this game, in this high pressure game against Louisville, you know, champions in this crowd, crazy crowd, you know, I mean, you know, is a rookie and and I think at, you know, at times he has played well, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we don't see these guys week in, week out. I'm, I'm trying to fill in lines. After, after being maybe a bit too critical on Lily at the beginning of the podcast, I'll, I'll Kind of defend him a little bit here. Yeah, you know, it's very possible that he looks at the bench and thinks, you know what? Like, I'm, I don't, I don't have these players don't fill me with confidence. Even if they bring on fresh legs, he, he, you know, he feels that the system is more important. He trusts these guys on the field more than anything else. They're gonna get the job done. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that that has to be the only solution. When you finish a game, you know, 120 minutes and still have a sub to burn. I mean. You either really trust your guys out there or you you know that bench doesn't fill you with confidence. And so I don't know, I, th- I think it, it's probably a mixture of the two. Um, I'm not entirely surprised. I can see the argument um, for for wanting to keep the guys he trusts, especially I mean, look, you have, let's say things do go into pens. Like I don't I wouldn't want Noah Frankie or Velarde taking pens over Forbes, Mertz, James you know uh at a, even at a wall i mean all these guys who have more minutes in their legs who feel more part of the entire setup who who have more experience in the playoffs all those guys on the field are more experienced know how to handle the pressure know how to handle the pressure of a penalty kick if it gets there um so i'm not i'm not entirely surprised um but yeah legs are a question you can kind of weigh that up but you can make an argument for why he didn't do it
1: josh thoughts on subs
0: yeah, I mean, I can see the argument, but I completely
2: disagree. Just because of the fact that we looked so terrible in the even the first uh, half, the first fifteen of extra time, it looked like we were just about ready to let a goal in at any second. That whole time, it wasn't like you know we were doing pretty well at absorbing the pressure. No, like that one hit the bar, and it was like super close to going in, and it just looked like no, we're in trouble, guys. Like we we have to do something and instead we sat with no subs uh after what was our first sub the uh 74th minute so 74th minute get a sub in and then do n- absolutely nothing until the last two minutes of st- of uh game uh gotta be awesome, mark forrest you thought it was gonna happen, didn't you? <laughs> yeah i was like I mean, that like we said before the hail mary like yeah. that that was the hail mary with two minutes left of gameplay well Plus stoppage time. But it was just like, are, are you kidding? Like that, that they have four subs in on us. Yeah. And like there were fresh legs needed. And it's not like we looked like we we had it. I could understand the argument that you're saying. If we looked like, oh, they're doing okay. They're absorbing that pressure. We didn't look okay. It looked like everything
0: was about ready to fall apart. So, so I'll, I'll force both of you to kind of completely finish off what you've been saying so okay what's the sub who do you bring on for who um you know when do you do it etc cetera, etc cetera. i think Velarde's is definitely uh, like
2: he has legs he that's what he's known for he's speedy he's he's a guy that's going to be able to at least run around and actually get the ball and and maybe actually control it because we didn't have any control in that second half right. or in the second half of stoppage time who, who do you all. take off though i mean at that point Brett looked like he had nothing in him like he wasn't doing anything yeah. he was gassed and same thing for Forbes i mean Forbes that's he looked like he was also gassed i i, I don't know who you substitute who for but like
0: forbes that's, and... a, that's a big call to take off kenny in, no i i hear game. you but what was he doing yeah no nothing. i mean fair, look fair enough i i i like how honest and critical you are yeah i'm, I'm more like oh it's Kenny like you can't take off Kenny but yeah no, fair yeah right.
2: I mean it's, it's, there's
0: no golden goose in this game like you, you have to take
2: off someone and if they're not being ineffective in gameplay especially the fact that they've been out there for a hundred and you know whatever hundred fifteen minutes or whatever uh, whenever we want to make that sub but that second uh, half of stop it or of extra time I wanted to see all the subs used and just get some fresh legs in there because we were dying. And I do feel like he was playing for PKs. And we're the home team. We're, we're, we're the better team, and we shouldn't be playing for PKs. We should be playing to win. And that was not how
0: you played to win. That was how you played to get to uh, PKs. And that's pathetic. And, and I, look, I fully back everything you just said, but then that leads to the only conclusion for me at least, that, yeah, he just doesn't trust his bench. He, he has no confidence in his bench. And that's why he doesn't do it because I, I agree with you everything you said I'm 100% agree with you I, but I think if Lily's thinking all of that and then he looks over at the bench he goes nah not today and he and he just lets him play and I think that's just what happened I don't know I'm speculating obviously
1: I mean I think yeah Josh I I hundred 100% agree that I think they were playing for PKs I think because if you look at your if you look at your bench and you say okay do I take an exhausted Nico Brett in PKs over like Danny Rivera yeah, I'm taking Nico Bread at PKs instead of Danny Rovira. So you just sort of try to weather that storm and say, just hold on, guys, and let's get the PKs. But you're right. We're the home team. We're the top seed. You go for it. You don't sit back and you don't hope for PKs. Like, PKs at that point is a coin toss. And, Kev, you know, we talked about this weeks ago where it was like, if you took the coin toss, no, we're the top seed. We don't need the coin toss. We should be winning this game. So... Yeah. I mean I I think I think sort of looking at the uh, Josh Rockwell I think I think looking at the subs that I think I would have made I think that I would try to have brought in Frankie Velarde, and probably Rivera. And yeah, I think that in that case who, who do you take off though? I think you take Dabo off and you put Velarde in Dabo's spot. I think that you maybe take I mean we we already had taken off Dover to put in Forrest. I think you maybe take off James and put in Rivera. Um and try to and then try to figure out some way I was gonna say maybe Mertz for Frankie. I mean, you sort of lose all of your creative midfield if you take off both Forbes and Mertz. Um, it, it all suddenly it all feels a lot like you're just playing FIFA and you want to get the fast <laughs> guys on
0: the, on, the, you know, on the field. That's what it feels like. That's true. And so look, I, like I agree, but it's yeah,
1: I, I don't think that your point is moot, Kev. That like you yeah. sort of look at the bench and yeah.
2: Yeah, and like I just wanted to add, like the the whole analogy of like you weather that storm. I'm I'm for that, except for the fact that the ship was sinking. Like it was obvious the ship was sinking. There was nothing about weathering the storms. Like we weren't weathering it. Yeah. We looked like we were about ready to concede a goal right then and there. Like that's the part that I have a problem with. It, it's if we looked like we could handle it, I would say that. Like, is a good idea to go to PKs because obviously we didn't have enough gas to actually make an attack. But if we were able to absorb that pressure, fine. But I didn't feel like we were absorbing that pressure well at all. And I I don't know. It just, it's questionable why you don't make those subs when you have them on, you know. That's like, that's your trump card. You have those subs and you just say, nah, I'm good. I don't like that.
1: Yeah. So that was one of the big things that obviously was a talking point throughout the course of the game and after the fact of just, like, why didn't we play the subs? Um, you know, the the second big thing was sort of the ref. And we've talked about the refs almost ad nauseum all season. But, um, you know, this was a case, again, where there were a lot of neutrals that were just, you know, really upset with sort of the way things were played. Um, you know, Pony from uh, the USL show, who is – I don't want to say that he's a Lily loyalist, but he definitely... I don't know. He, he's, he's poked fun at Lily style forever, so you can't say that he's a huge fan of the Hounds, but regardless, he watched this game, and he basically said, if the Hounds don't advance, they probably have one of the greatest arguments that they got robbed by the refs in the last few years. Um, and then he basically said Louisville played good and it wasn't an undeserved win. I think the majority of the bad calls went against Pittsburgh though. We very easily and probably should have seen Louisville down to 10 men and a Pittsburgh PK to cement a win in regulation. So there were two big events that everybody was calling out online. One was um, I kept calling him Dave Grohl. It was Pat McMahon who uh, was there was Louisville's outside back was sitting on a yellow card um, and basically in our box made a play on a ball sort of jumped at it completely missed the ball was nowhere near it and ended up throwing a shoulder into toby's head which toby went down um in you know again the general consensus around the usl from neutrals was that that's that's an easy yellow and and basically that would have been a second yellow and it would have been a red but in this scenario the ref decided to not give a yellow um i think knowing that the impact of that like basically you're making your impact known either way so he decided right. to be more conscious than anything else and just give just make a call it was a it was a penalty but it wasn't a card and so the game plays on and then basically a few minutes later um Duba was in the box there was a cross that came in Duba went for it and he was yanked down as he made a play on the ball it was it was a blatant yank down and again there was no call um and listen I sympathize with a ref where there's a game of this caliber that you don't want to make your presence known, but at the same time, by not making those calls, you're making your presence known. Kev, you're shaking your head. Are you? No, I, I look. I don't sympathize with the ref at all. They're there <laughs> to call the game objectively.
0: I don't care. This this whole like context for ref things annoys the heck out of me. The fact that like, oh, you want to show your, you know, like not influenced by the crowd, so you're going to go against, you know, the co- you're not like this isn't that's not your job your job is to objectively call fouls across the field when you see them um so the whole yeah the whole like that's yeah that's just an annoying stuff and look i'm 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 with you with everything you said it's just hard to come here sit down record a podcast and talk about the refs in a way where it's like ah if we could have won if only the refs because like there's no argument for that right it's like yep like, and that's it. <laughs> and it's like, and it just hurts to say that out loud and to kind of put it on that. So we, I'd rather just talk about that. I'm not trying to say we should move on from this topic. I'm just saying like, that's kind of, you know, where my headspace is.
2: Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, the, the one that really got me was, um, Pat Mack, uh, when he did the elbow thing and it just, it was so bad that like not only was the steel army, booing him but like after the that (laughs) minute the rest of the game the rest of the entire game anytime he touched the ball the whole crowd booed and it was the first time I've really seen like a whole crowd kind of get it and be like that that guy right there just really does not deserve to be on that field right now and having all of Highmark boo him every time he touched the ball was that was nice i like
0: that (laughs) that shit that shows like an educated crowd too right i know right they're waving flags and yelling like they're paying attention yeah exactly so that was that was nice at least the
2: crowd got it but i wish the ref would have got it and there's no question in my mind that if the part that gets me is like he admitted it was a foul but he was like no i'm not going to give the yellow and you could tell it's just because he was already on a yellow It had nothing to do with the fact that it didn't deserve a yellow. It was everything to do with the fact that he was already on a yellow. And if you change your mind just because of that, that's what really irks me because it shouldn't matter. If it's a foul and it deserves a yellow, it deserves a yellow no matter what card he's on.
1: Yeah. And I think that really sort of gets to the gist of why this loss is... I mean, it was going to be hard to swallow as soon as the Hounds lose regardless, but I feel like in a scenario like that, I mean, this is, this is very similar to the Nashville game, right? Where Toby gets the straight red and we're like, what? Like if, if you have an opportunity here to see these two teams sort of go toe to toe and the, the, the better team ultimately win. And this was a scenario where you could say that the teams went toe to toe and they were allowed to keep going toe to toe. One of the things I, I completely forgot about was just, you know, Louisville is a, dirty, nasty team. And that was how something did you forget about. I that, don't know. I don't <laughs> know how I forgot about that, but that was something again, like uh, Phil grooms was like, like I'm, I'm learning to hate Louisville. Just watching this game. Like they're just nasty. Like it's not, it's not any good, but regardless, what makes this so difficult to swallow is the what ifs. Yes. The hounds made some mistakes. I think that the first half we look like world beaters and there were a number of things that we could have done better. That said, we've talked about time and time again how soccer is a game of chances and you need to have certain things go your way. And this was a scenario where the Hounds had, you know, not one, but two things that really should have gone their way, didn't go their way at all. And either one of them could have massively changed the complexion of this game. And we could be talking about, you know, them moving on and playing um, Indy 11 at home this weekend. And we're not. There, there's nothing we can do to change the fact that the refs called the game the way that they did and that it ended up the way that it did and that's just sort of where we're at and i think that's that's the most frustrating thing is that you look at what's done over the course of an entire season and obviously there's good calls bad calls all season long but you get to a game like this where it's a single elimination and basically once it's done it's done your season's over and you got to start all over from scratch and to know that no matter what you do on the field you have a third party that can influence it the way that they did that like there there's nothing you could do about it it almost makes you go like why what, what am i doing like i mean it's soccer though i mean come on
2: <laughs> I, yeah and that was that was mike's pitch for var in us i'm just so <laughs> look but that's but that's my
1: biggest thing is that like you know you
2: the english hate the you, VAR, yeah so, like, I, <laughs> you, you, I like it but that's just me
1: yeah, you, you know come me. in and you think what's next right and what's next for us is we have a we we basically worked hard all season to get to first place. We had a, you know basically this huge advantage at home where we hadn't lost. And um and, and this isn't me like whining saying the Hounds deserve to win. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is is that they did everything right, and to basically not necessarily get beat by the other team, to get beat by a third party that really has. No other involvement in the game other than to call the game the way they're supposed to, and they didn't. That's the most frustrating part for me. So I'm not like, trying to take away anything from Louisville. I'm just right. saying that to be to have it influence in the way that it was is what's frustrating, and just like it really makes me reflect a little bit. I'll I'll, I'll, I just, I'll push back a little bit
0: and try to provide a little more balance. I share the sympathy with you wholeheartedly, um, but. I mean, I'll, I, in a month's time, I'll look back on this, thinking in my head as hard as it's as hard as it is to say, Louisville beat us that night, not the refs beat us. Um, we didn't get calls. I'm with
1: you, but I, that's kind of that's my sentiment. I, and I think that's what you—that's the sentiment you have to have. I just think that when you're looking at the two storylines of this game, one of them was why didn't we use our subs, which is something that was completely controlled by us. And the other one is there was not one, but there was two situations that could have drastically, they could have given a red and it meant nothing. They could have given a PK and we could have missed it. And basically at that point, the ref is no longer a talking point. The hounds completely lost the game themselves, but by them not making the calls that by the book should have been made, that's just going to be the question that's
0: always out there. I mean, but I'll also say we had 120 minutes to score a second
2: goal. Yeah. So, you know, it's definitely, that's, that's very true. And that was the most concerning part to me was the fact that we couldn't get that second goal to save our lives and to save our season. But uh, yeah, and the guys, I mean, man, that was the most. Yeah, take nothing away
0: from them. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, yeah.
2: like they gave it their all. And like when they came and, you know, shook hands and clapped hands with the Steel Army after the game was over, they looked just beat up to hell. Like, uh, Duba had a bloody lip and, like, was his mouth was just red from blood. Uh, seeing, you know, Greenspan up close with the head wrap on and, like, a couple players limping, and Forbes looked just completely exhausted. Like, the whole thing was just like, man, this team looks rough right now. Like, they, you can't say they didn't give it their all, because they definitely did give it their Yeah.
0: All. I, I think, I don't know, if, if I can, I don't know, try to provide a little commentary on everything that's happening right now. I think like, yeah, like we're upset. We're fans. Like we yeah, just, we yeah, just crashed definitely. out of the playoffs. Like, so we're, we're being critical and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, yeah, I, I'll, I'll bolster, uh, your what you just said, Josh. And yeah, I mean, t- the, the, the players have been incredible all season. And I don't want, I don't want to take anything away from trying to say they didn't, they didn't put in enough effort or they didn't
1: do this. They didn't do that. Um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Uh, post game there were some interviews that happened. Kenny um, basically said, you know, to lose like this doesn't do us any justice at the end of the day. It's a good season, but we didn't achieve the ultimate goal. I think it's an okay season for me, not a really good season because we didn't get to the ultimate goal. Like, I feel like he had a really good season. Like he had a great yeah, season. Yeah. <laughs> like I saw that and I was like, what? Like, I understand that's what you say, but like, it, again, if he's, if he's not like first team, all USL, then again, USL's not watching these games. Um, You know, Bob said it's disappointing. They had a great season, didn't play well tonight in any phase. When we hit crosses, the movement in the box wasn't good enough. We didn't pass the ball all night, just kicked it forward. That's disappointing as anything. I was a little bit more taken aback by this. Like, this felt almost like more of a cop-out. I felt like there was more that could have been done to influence the game rather than just putting it all on the players. But, I don't know. Again
0: yeah lily out oh no
2: i'm kidding no no definitely not um but i i do think i remember seeing i wish i had it in front of me but i remember uh, him saying something like uh you know i'm gonna look at the tapes i'm gonna i'm gonna learn from this pretty much saying like if i if i did something if i could have done something to make this outcome differently i'm definitely going to take that and and you know, internalize it almost like, I I can't remember where that quote was or what it was, but it was something along those lines. So at least there was some quotes in there that I I remember it being accountability uh, and and taking some ownership of the situation and not just being like, man, these players, right? Wolf. (laughs) Like It wasn't like, just like
0: that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, Mike, I don't know where you want to go next with the talking points. Um, But I mean, if, if I didn't make it clear, before this this past weekend it's clear now i mean we we have a rival right i mean this is like th- this is this is like this is like getting snitched on and getting thrown in jail and you just hang a picture on your jail cell wall of that person that like tossed you in jail right and you're just like i'm gonna get them when i get this <laughs> turned gruesome this feels very, very quickly personal cap but- <laughs> like, like like you've um, been through this before <laughs> Anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, no, so yeah, it's like, you know, like, yeah, Louisville is, like, there is a huge target on their back from my my point of view of a Hounds fan now going into next season. I want to beat them more than anything now.
2: It's so funny because, like, okay, so thinking back to rivalries we had in the past with, like, let's talk about Harrisburg, I always felt like... I had this rivalry with like their handful of fans because they were kind of like just meh and they're not the greatest fans. And they are just like jerks and the team themselves, I had nothing against at all because they were just kind of like, Dude, we're just here. Like, this is just where we got, you know, picked up at. And like Nick Noble's (laughs) having a beer with us after the game. Like, you know, laughing with us. And like it it never felt like the rivalry was with the team. It felt like it was with the fans. And this is the opposite with Louisville. Because their fans are the nicest fans I've ever seen. Like they're hanging out with us before the game. They're like sharing like all this bourbon with us and just like having a blast. And we're talking tactics and we're talking. Crap about Cincy and about Indy uh, and how terrible they are as fans, and blah blah. Like, it's just like we're going to town and having a good time, and like I want to hang out with them. And like they're always saying, like, every time they see us, it, like, hey, can you guys come to the stadium next season? Because like we're gonna have a new stadium, it's not going to be at the soccer, or I mean, at the uh, baseball so stadium. Okay. You, you know, it's gonna be really cool. We would love to have you. We want to see you guys show up. So it's like that is awesome, and yeah. I I love their fans, but then as soon as they watch the team i'm like this team are jerks and i hate them and this is the worst team (laughs) like i want to beat them the only person i think i don't like more is pickens from nashville like if he was on louisville i would be like yeah that makes sense i get that
1: (laughs) well josh they usl just announced that uh no (laughs) oh my god that would be uh, someone
2: in Discord today was like, "Man, you know, with Nashville going up, they're gonna lose a lot of their players because they're not gonna make it to MLS. We could see some really good players out, out in the market." And I'm like, "If we get Pickens, I'll be so pissed." <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no Pickens. I don't. That's not I true. Need him. If you, I would be. I would not Be able to root for Pickens. I'd be like, "Ugh."
0: I would. I wouldn't mind him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's great. I don't.
1: <laughs> <him to> <laughs> Yeah, so I guess, you know, the other thing going into this game, just to sort of paint the context, was that the table was set. Basically, the Phoenix lost, um, which meant that if the Hounds won this game, then basically they would play at home all the way through to the championship of the USL. So I think that. Why you got to say this stuff, Mike? I'm, Why you look, do this? I, I'm just laying it out. Th- I mean, it adds to the heartache. Like, that's just one more thing to pile on your chest that it's just like, yep. So now we have four listeners. One good. left after <laughs> you just said They didn't make it this far. Yeah. 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 Uh,
2: I don't I don't know. I don't um, want to see uh MLS2-type team. I don't want to see a team that's going up to MLS get the championship. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm actually okay with Louisville getting it because – I would rather a, a staple, Ugh. a staple of ML or USL get it than someone who's like, we're going to be leaving here soon. <laughs> like this is, we're better than this league. Like I
0: don't want that, and I don't want to be a two team. So I, I I get that perspective, but simultaneously, no. Like I I, I I would I would rather Nashville win it because then in my mind it's like no, it didn't matter. Scrap it. It's like new season. <laughs> like they're they're gone. They're not even here anymore. We don't have to see them. Th- next season, there's no champion. Like, we just go, you know. But now, if Louisville go on and win it, they're going to be How beat. much sweeter will it be when we knock them out next season? We, if we have to knock them out next season. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, what I'm saying. Like,
2: how much sweeter would it be if, you know, three-time yeah. winner Louisville, who've only been, like,
1: in the USL for, like, what, four years? Yeah.
2: Ugh, that's sickening.
1: Part uh- <laughs> I was going to say, part of me really hopes that we're, we are their home opener. Like, at their new stadium... If we get to go in there and beat them, like at uh, their home opener, that would be a nice little like. That'd be nice, but what? I don't. We didn't start that great this season. No. I mean. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't want to talk about next season well, yet because I'm afraid of who we're going to keep and who we're not. I mean,
1: that's that's for next week. Yeah, we'll, we're not going to we'll talk get, about but it. But I mean, yeah. I think that's 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 the other thing that sort of makes this so difficult is that you get this far and then it's just like, well, okay, like everybody starts fresh again, um, which. Yeah, I, you know, it feels whiny because we, we're we the team that took first place in the East. And then now, you know, after losing, I'm like, yeah, we should definitely have some, you know, hardware for being the first team in the East because of what a slog the regular season is. I think, you know, had we come in second, I'd be like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But, like, I do think that there's some validity to that because everything is for naught. And again, you know, I don't want to make it not, about Mike. It's it's not for naught. like we we we
2: saw good, huge good improvements in Pittsburgh yeah. with this team make you know headway and it become more legitimate than it ever has in the past yada yada yada. I just want to wait until halfway through next season and see if it if it
0: made a big difference or not. Which I hope it did. I think it will. Well, and I, I want to say that too. I mean, I, yeah, this is an extremely important moment in the club's history, and. To say that 47 minutes into the podcast is a little weird, but this, <laughs> this, this, this point is an extreme because I, I'll, I'll bring up, uh, I'll bring up a parallel example from the Premier League that, uh, hopefully, a lot of fans watch the Premier League. Justin, you're gonna hate this example, but two years ago, Liverpool get to the Champions League final, crash out and lose. The next season, they turn around put 97 points on the board and win the Champions League. Last year, Tottenham get to the Champions League final, lose. Now they're like 11th in the Premier League. A lot of their players want to leave. Their managers like rumors about leaving. There's two ways you can go here after hitting such a high that we did this season with the home field advantage with finishing first and all that kind of stuff we can either let this loss kind of define us and crash out next season or we can say no this is another platform this is another ring on bottom ladder and we're going to use it to springboard ourselves even higher and become a stronger club become a stronger team and use it to motivate us i mean so so this is this is a big point we can either go you know one more round further next season and maybe and hopefully further or we can kind of not forgive this and and not forget about it and not not let this go which you know that feels like a pretty heavy weight to carry um and it, it probably wouldn't be a good thing so yeah this i think this is a really important point in our history and we need to make sure we we take all the positives out of it we can
2: the only thing i would say that it doesn't really work with that is I, I feel like it's a big point it's a big deal but for a different reason everyone knew tottenham existed Like in the area, it's not like it's not like people are
0: like who's this team? Huh? (laughs) Wow, let's go to that game. Like no, that's
2: what's going on the Hounds.
0: Where's this multi-million dollar stadium coming (laughs) out? (laughs) Exactly like
2: people came to this game and are like the Hounds who are they like they legit didn't like really know So the fact that we got them there and they saw the atmosphere and they saw the just how much fun it is Like even with that loss that crowd was awesome um so i do think that this could be a turning point in that aspect but my my problem is or not my problem my worry is i want to make sure that this isn't a a news story on the 11 o'clock news that people forget the next day like you know the biggest cookie in the west or something like that like i that's my worry so <laughs> that's the only thing i'm kind of wondering is going to happen or
0: not. yeah no i agree and, and i think but like i don't i agree that those fans, we're gonna have more fans likely back next season than we did this season. I mean, look, that's another stat that we've kind of forgotten to throw out there as far as how positive of a year it's been. What our average attendance across the entire season went up like thirty percent or something like 35, that. Thirty-five, yeah, that's really yeah. good. You know, these playoff experiences will bring more fans back, and I think the important part is they'll only stay back if the product stays. And I hate to use that word product, but if if the team keeps playing well on the field, you know, we we need to finish it up with another top four finish next season and get another home field advantage like if if we don't get that then things slide backwards so yeah it's all of that's really good you're right a lot of the hard work has already been put in to establish you know the following the crowd the buzz all that kind of stuff we just need to make sure that you know once again we come back a stronger team next season a stronger squad a stronger bench um (laughs) yeah i'll just stop
1: talking you need to learn when to cut off my mic (laughs) well no i think i think kev i think your point about sort of tottenham is valid i just think there's two there's two sides to that coin there's what the the team does to try to improve and i think if the team does improve that josh i think you're right that the fans will come. I think what I'm more interested in seeing is that we saw the same sort of thing toward the end of the last season, right? The Hounds start to make the playoffs. All of a sudden, Highmark starts selling out, and it's like, oh, this is like the greatest thing ever. And then the Hounds start slow this season. And not that we were struggling to fill Highmark, but, you know, we weren't we weren't filling it um, until we got towards later in the season where the team was pushing. So I think that – what? I mean, it is an increase, though. That's good. Oh, no, 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 no. no it's, a, yeah. it, yes, you want to take everything you can. But, you know, 6,073 fans of the game, which is the largest in history, that's huge. But that's then, awesome. Yeah. It, but then you have, you know, Mayor Peduto, you had Mark Madden, you had a number of people from Pittsburgh, big names in Pittsburgh, basically saying that Pittsburgh is a soccer town and, like, we're so excited for what's to come. I want to see everybody, I want to see all of those people saying the same thing at the home opener next year. Because there's this doubt in my mind of, like, Yeah, like you're getting behind them because they're the hot thing right now. But for this to sustain, at least from a fan perspective, you're going to have more people show up just because I think it's that obviously through the playoffs, you start to pick up more fans, fans latch on. So you have more fans that are there at the beginning of the year. And that's great. We're not going to have 6,000 there for our home opener. Like it's not going to happen. So if you have the same voices saying like, yeah, you know, you have Peduto, you have Mark Madden saying, hey. Hounds are kicking off, can't wait, you know, to see how they do this season or whatever. Super. But I'm just – I'm worried that big names like that are just getting behind the hot thing because it's the sure thing and it's not, you know, another team in the city. So – did we uh, we talk about the kid with the the rally flags? No, but I thought that was like that's the a, best story. That's a hopeful story. Yeah.
2: I think ending this part of this conversation about that is what I want to see, and kind of gives me hope that when they say that Pittsburgh is a soccer town, that shows it right there.
1: Yeah. So Wait, can, uh, tell the story. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell it, Josh? No, you can go. Okay. Because I don't. So see it, so basically, <laughs> there was there was a father on Twitter who tweeted out, and the Steel Army retweeted it, where he took a picture of a whole pile of the gold rally towels that the team gave away as people entered the stands. And uh, he basically said that, you know, this is a pile of rally towels that my son went around and collected because after the game, people left them just sitting there. And his son felt it was disrespectful for the team towards the team to not take the rally flags home or the rally towels home. So the son took it upon himself to walk around the stadium and pick up the ones that people had left behind as a sign of respect towards the team. Um, and Josh, you're right. I feel like when you sort of look towards the, the hope for like the, the next generation of fans or, or, you know, who will be there in the future, that's a family, you know, that's going to show up next year um, because what this team did meant something to them tangibly. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was, a, that was a fantastic story.
2: Yeah. Like, that was just like, ah, yes. <laughs> just a nice little thing to see. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and then I also have a I, – I was rarely against these rally flags. But, honestly, seeing everyone in the stadium, like, having something to, like, you know – lift up and like show that was really cool yeah. and yeah yeah we now have a a house full of rally flags <laughs> as well that uh we went around and picked up so that's pretty cool
1: liz should like knit them into like a blanket like you could have like a whole blanket a, t- a
0: huge tifo yeah that oh could be yeah a, no. A quilted no, no. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not behind the rally flags that much come on now <laughs>
2: josh uh oh Uh, fun little tidbit about the Tifa that we did for this game Uh, it was Thunderstruck, it had Nico with lightning coming out of his fist, just like the cover of uh, Thunderstruck Mm -hmm. Uh, and then uh, if you notice, if you look at pictures of it, if you look at the lightning, it actually is the three rivers Uh, I didn't know that it was a little subtle thing that got added at the last minute that I thought was a really cool idea
1: Well, wasn't the picture of Nico also from the Birmingham game though too?
2: Yes, yeah, I that picture that was, was nice actually touch.
1: from the Birmingham game uh, that we uh, used that's to watch. Yeah, that's that's great. Offers. Yeah. So, Josh, I don't know if you saw, but um, at one point during the game, as at least at le- as I was watching it on TV, the camera was actually shaking up and down mm-hmm. from the fans jumping like in unison, which was like really cool. Like you could see the camera up it was trying to follow the ball, but it was just like <laughs> skipping up and down. Um, And that's what my wife walked in. She was like, what is going on? And I was like, they're jumping. It's amazing. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, Uh, nice. Well, um, like I said, we're going to end up doing a a sort of a full season recap next week. Um, and obviously, you know, every year we're like, yeah, we're going to take some time. We never take time off. Um, we always end up trying to talk to Tuffy. Um, we try to talk to Lily. We try to talk to a bunch of the players, You know, the team has already announced... They announced before this game started um, that they're going to be holding open tryouts again, which they always do for USL. Um, Who knows how long before we start announcing what players will be back. I know the Hounds were one of the first teams to start to announce who they were signing last year. I think we talked to Tuffy the week or maybe two weeks after the season was over, and he was like, oh, yeah, we're doing it, like, tomorrow. So, like, who knows if they'll do the same thing. Um, Obviously, we'll keep an eye out for that. I guess, guys, anything else just sort of wrapping up this game and sort of just thoughts before we go into a full-blown season recap next week? No, I don't want to think about this game anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think anything that I would say now would be well-served for next week. Okay. Yeah. Good. I guess one final thought. Um, I know we said that we were going to close sale of the Mongols' fifth anniversary jersey on Friday. I think we said November 1st. I just forgot to take it down, and over the weekend, a few more people got some, which is like amazing. We've we've got roughly 50 pre-orders so far, which is amazing. Um, basically, you know, once we once we place the order, it's sort of a scale thing. So the more you order, the less the jerseys cost, the more money we can turn around and donate to community human services. So um, I'll probably leave it up for one more day, but then we really want to get these orders in so that uh, hopefully we can get these jerseys before the holidays for everybody. So um, if you're interested, and this is Tuesday, you probably got today to go over and do it. Just head to Mongols.com. Click the link. Uh, It's $40 for a jersey. You get full customization, and any proceeds go to Community Human Services, which is a great organization. They do um, food pantries. They do homeless shelters. They do uh, assistance for uh, those who can't leave their houses. It's just a great organization. Um, So go check that out. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting my kit for sure. One of the things that uh, Steve and Justin did was they uh, talked about what they're getting on their jersey. Josh, what uh, what name and number are you getting on yours? I think I picked 99 for the Hounds,
2: uh, you know, uh, inaugural season. And then I was just boring and got
1: broke off. broke off. Kev, what'd you get? Yeah.
0: I, I didn't actually put a name on the back, and I just went with number five. And honestly, I, I would have went with no number, but I couldn't figure out a way
1: to put no <laughs> so I put number. Five. five because of the fifth anniversary.
0: No, five. I don't know. It's just a nice round. I would, like in like I don't know in the Dutch number soccer system. I think five is a center back. I
1: generally am a defender. Like I don't know. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm, I went with twelve just because I've always been twelve, and I did M. Dot Sparks on the back because I assumed Kevin would do K. Dot Sparks, but you know, maybe I'll just go Sparks. Who knows? <laughs> so yeah, we weren't telepathic. I'm sorry, Michael. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> not, not at all. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't. I don't even care. <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> so yeah, head over mongols. mongols.com. Get one of the jerseys, and uh, we're going to get them ordered. Thanks again to everybody who placed an order. They're going to be really sweet. I think that's it for this one. Like we said, we'll have a big show next week. We're going to try to get the whole crew in here, everybody that helped contribute this year, which has been a lot. Try, try to give us each time. It's going to be like one of the Democratic debates. Try to give us each a few <laughs> minutes to talk. Um... But definitely check it out. If you have any questions or any thoughts, make sure you let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, at Mongols. You can also get us on Facebook or email us at mongols.bg.fm. Thanks always to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. You can check us out iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. Like we said, hound season is over. Ours is likely not just because we're junkies and we just like talking to each other each week, so brace yourself. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening all season, and, uh, and, and we look forward to bringing you a lot of great content throughout the rest of the year. Let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.